T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Some of you, ladies and gentlemen, might be tempted to say, hey, Mark, you haven't really talked much about the Iowa caucuses today. And I would say to you, that's because I don't care anymore. And I, I don't see that anything is, is going to change. Look, DeSantis is done. He was done a while ago. Nikki Haley is done. There's a lot of people. So I'm curious about your uh, position on this. There's a lot of people out there that are trying to make the case that, well, you know, you had um, and, and it's true that the polling shows Nikki Haley said this in 70 percent of the people out there don't want Biden and Trump to run. Well, they could not want that, but that's what they're going to get. But but even this notion that, you know, and this happens in any election, if you add up the totals from all the other candidates. All right. So you look at what Trump got, right? Fifty percentage point plus 53 percent well let's look at what nikki haley got ron DeSantis and asia asa hutchinson got like 0.5 percent he's he dropped out by the way just mm. so you know vivek did too did yeah, you know that i did so but you add everyone up and and people are making the case well that that shows that um a majority of republicans don't want trump either that's just not how the system works right you know, for, for better or worse. So it, it doesn't really matter. And by the way, you take out some of those other candidates, you can't assume that that support's going to go somewhere else no. because it doesn't automatically do that. So I, I don't know where this is going to take us. I, I will just be candid as a talk show host that I am not looking forward to navigating this entire year with these two guys being the main presidential candidates. And I said this at the beginning of the show, and I want to make it very clear. I want to win, and I want to just win because I like winning. I do like winning. Trump likes winning. I want to win because I think there's so many damn things that are important in this country from the border, the, uh, the fentanyl crisis, yes. all kind of ties in, the border, the learning loss. Now, I'm not suggesting that the federal government has a specific role in all of these things, but I think we can also admit that the federal government has taken a role in some of these things where they shouldn't be poking their nose into, and we'd like to get the focus back. I, I, I don't like Trump's personality. I don't like the fact that he treats people, you know, like like he's a third grader. But I don't see someone, and this is where I think people have gone off the rails a little bit on Nikki Haley. I don't see Nikki Haley being in a position where she can competently handle some of this stuff. Vivek's the guy that kind of came in and handled the media. As many other people have said on this show, I like DeSantis from a policy standpoint, yes. he didn't really, you know, do anything to blow people away and why he is still alive even at this point. And they're, you know, Haley and DeSantis folks making the case that things are going to change. Isn't there a point where you have to say nothing's going to change and this is what we're going to deal with? Yeah, I think probably this. So, true. But going back to the winning, I, I just think that if there's so many scenarios, right? you could have let's go with Trump's in the White House scenario. Trump's in the White House, but maybe you lose Congress. And maybe you don't get the Senate back. I think getting the Senate back is a little bit more it's a big hopeful at this point. Um, scenario number two would be great. You got a Republican in the White House. You got control of both houses of Congress. How likely is that? 
Probably not. Um, scenario number three, Biden's back, and you also have Democrat control of the House and the Senate. Well, then what the hell happens? Oh, well, we, I mean, so- all this stuff that they're shoving down our throat at this point, you have no oh. control. So we, we know that from now until, you know, November, they're going to do everything they can to make Trump look like the guy that's going to, you know, destroy the country. And they will not stop at anything. Well, Trump versus Biden, to me, and I said this earlier, does give a window, to me, to RFK Jr. Well, not to win, though. I mean, look, To make an impact of some sort. Yeah, and I to think, make it, uh, uh, people, I don't know. The thing with RFK Jr. is I think when we talk to people about that, I, I think that, that that's a guy that's going to pull from both candidates. So mm-hmm. is it going to... Is it going to make adult. a difference? Yeah, it'll well, be interesting. Let's say see. our nominees are Trump, Biden, and RFK. And this is just me handicapping it in a um, a gut check way. And let's face it, I'm I'm wrong about a lot of things, right? In in my opinion, I believe that he would draw more from Trump than he would from Biden. So he would hurt Trump more than he would Biden. But I don't, you know, that's I anecdotal. Be, I don't yeah. know for sure if that's how things would play itself out because I think most of the experts, you know, you got a guy like Jonathan Martin or some of the other. Real, you know, deep. Jonathan's great at Politico because he really looks at these numbers. He understands the landscape. I think that they would say at this point that it's going to, I don't know if it's negligible, but but it's going to draw from both parties because people are just so dissatisfied yeah, they are. with everything. Yeah, so they are. I, I don't know where this takes us, but I, I'm exhausted just by the possibility of being exhausted, Sue. I understand. And the country this. is exhausted. I, I think yeah. look, look, that's one thing that a lot of us can agree on is that we don't really want this to happen the way that it's going to happen. I mean, here's Nikki Haley earlier today. You've got 70% of Americans don't want to see a Trump-Biden rematch. The majority of Americans disapprove of both Trump and Biden. We need a new generational conservative leader. That's what Americans want. That's what they're yearning for. Well, except they're really not because, and and if they are, it's not you. Uh, I think that might be it. That it's not her? Yeah, and I, I wish that DeSantis had done better, but... What are we going to do? So then you got this guy from uh, our friend J.B. Pritzker from Illinois, that um, jolly old fellow. He, you know, he was in Des Moines last night. We had Andrew Bailey from Missouri, our attorney general, sort of there for Trump. But right. you have national political types, maybe those who want to run for president on their own. It's comical to me that Pritzker is a guy that thinks he can run. But let's face it, he's got money. He can bankroll himself to a certain extent. I wouldn't rule anything out, certainly after Trump. But he's in Des Moines last night ripping on Republicans. This is the most famous Republican. He's the guy who, you know, basically built the modern Republican Party, the MAGA Republican Party that Democrats are running against. And half the people in that party didn't vote for Donald Trump. So I think that is telling. It tells you the weakness of Donald Trump and also the opportunity for Democrats. Okay, that argument, you can make that argument with any political campaign, right? Yeah. That's what the talking point is. And it's the talking point on the part of some Republicans right now as well. Well, more than half the people voted for someone else. Doesn't matter. That's not how the system works right now. There is no difference between the Republican candidates in this field. Tonight's contest is simply a question of whether you like your MAGA Trump agenda wrapped in the original packaging or with high heels or with lifts in their boots. So they, they've they no doubt done polling on the whole MAGA question. Oh, because it right? must be effective because yeah, they mention it all the time. I don't time. know that it's in, in the end. And this is where you would maybe depend on some qualification from the legacy media to say, mm, doesn't MAGA just mean making America great again? That's such a terrible thing to wish for. Right. I mean, it's so horrible. And I want to apologize to all my lefty friends out there for being so bigoted and xenophobic for just simply wanting our border shut down so people can't come over it 
by the millions. Yes. Illegally. So that's such a hateful thing. It is, isn't it? It really is. For me to think that um, biological women should not have to compete or... You know, share a dressing room with a biological male. That's mm-hmm. such a radical position. It's outrageous. So we'll see if any of these issues kind of come up. Hey, here's one that I want to expose, and we've done this before. James Fishback is back with us. James is awesome. He's the founder and executive director of a group called Incubate Debate. And he did a lot of investigative reporting and exposing of some of the nonsense, the woke nonsense that's going on with high school debate teams across the country. And there might be just something a little um, encouraging in all this that James is going to share this afternoon. James Fishback, how are you? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Let me let me just kind of come out of the gate and I'll swing with this and just have you explain what the hell this is here. They have a white debater on their team inherently means they have more whiteness than us. We obviously know that JJ is not white. It's pretty obvious. Go down onto our pick. We give you three words why we subsume all of their protests and affirm their protests. In a pick, what it means is you are furthering their cause just minus the whiteness. As Rebecca is a vehicle for this movement, we say whiteness means really bad for representation in queer people, and it's a bad form of furthering this protest. The best way to further the protest is to vote for our pick and to affirm it wow, minus wow. the whiteness. Uh, there's a lot of anger there, James, isn't there? There's a lot there. And and let's just say this, Mark. This was the final round, the championship final round of the national tournament in 2021. The topic wasn't about transgenderism. It wasn't about transgenocide. The topic was about whether the International Monetary Fund was a force for good or for evil. Those students that we just heard from rejected the topic and said, you know what? I'm going to talk about something called transgenocide instead. And guess what? The worst part, they won the debate. They became national champions by rejecting the assigned topic and ranting about transgenderism instead. So I hope this is so confusing and it's just unbelievable that, that she was was she trying to disqualify the other team because they had someone who was white on their team. Right. That's exactly right. And that is disqualifying because of. Why? What? What's her rationale there? I'm sorry. I'm assuming it's a she. That maybe that's improper too, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that you're going to get disqualified for assuming someone's gender nowadays in high school debate. But what you heard specifically was this debater saying that the other team should lose because of their race. That because whiteness, quote, whiteness is evil. That the judge could not vote for someone who was white. I mean, this is clear-cut racial discrimination. It's like going to a spelling bee, rejecting the word that you're being asked, and then saying that the person who came before you should lose because of the color of their skin. It's un-American, and actually, I can talk about it in a moment, it's actually illegal. It violates a federal civil rights law. Yeah, we're going to get to this lawsuit, which I think is important. But then, you know, and I'll slip the audio in here as well. The judges come back after this, and they he preys on, on that group, right? Yes. Keep trying to do the work of liberation because it's important and you guys can and will make change. I think the role of the ballot and at that point I'm evaluating like which team best supports like the trans experience. And I just want to say like huge respect to both teams for reading these arguments. And you both should like be proud of yourselves for the work that you're doing. Both of you guys presented really interesting arguments and you guys made me think about the event more than I had and in different ways than I had, which is always a good thing. 
what what was that about? They, I guess, and we've pointed that maybe this is a good time to sort of go back and give your history, James, of how you got involved in this, because this is something you did when you were younger. You saw some of the trends when it came to, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing it all around the country, right? But in debate in particular, you wanted to expose this, which is why you came up with the group. And, and maybe just maybe you're making a little progress here, right? That's right. I, you know, Mark, I, I wrote about this for the free press and it back back in the spring and People started talking about these articles. I'm not a journalist. I'm an American who cares about what's happening. I'm a former high school debater, an event that changed my life. I was so, so troubled by what has been going on. The round that you saw encapsulates everything wrong with high school debate. First, I don't blame these kids. Kids say stupid things. I wouldn't want uh, my stupid things uh, to, to be an indictment against an entire organization. The problem here, Mark, is not what the kids said. It's what these so-called adults in the room did. They encouraged and they rewarded this behavior. They heaped praise on the students who attacked the other team because they had a white debater. High school debate is not about debate anymore. It's about who can be more woke, who can reject the topic and talk about some social justice issue instead. And there's no, absolutely no merit in in this process anymore. So how, when you kind of started looking into this, how long has this been happening? Like the trends in this direction with the wokeness, even in debate in high schools? This has been going on for the better part of about six, seven years. I mean, you know, high school debate wasn't terribly conservative. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that it ever was back when I was there, but at least it was fair. I mean, I could make an argument uh, about being pro-life or whatever the case is, and that argument would be evaluated on its merits. Not to say that I shouldn't win all the time, but if I made a good argument and I had the evidence, the logic, and the reasoning, I should have a fighting shot. Nowadays, as I, as I detailed in my articles for the Free Press last year, there, we have judges, Mark, who are telling kids as young as 13 years old that if they use the word illegal immigrants to refer to illegal immigrants – that they will be disqualified. A kid, one judge who says that you can make conservative arguments, but be careful. Don't take it too far. Don't defend President Trump. And so that is where we are. Debate is no longer allowed in high school debate. By the way, you know, and this isn't my expertise. You would know this a lot better. But is this just from a, um, uh, what would you say, not procedural, but just from a delivery standpoint, is this something that is obvious? Go down. I mean, she's just screaming at, at, is that really what debate's all about? Just screaming like that about people being white? No, it's not. It's not what debate's about. I, I think about 1982, the national champion was a man by the name of Neil Gorsuch, who now sits on our wow. Supreme Court. Yeah. I, I think about someone like Matt Gates, who was the policy debate champ in Florida in 1992. This is not real debate. Real debate is young men and women coming together, sharing their convictions and doing so with civility and with grace. And so whether it's the tone, whether it's the, the racial attacks, whether it's the off topic nature, whether it's everything, it's just wrong. And so high school debate is strayed. I'm proud to be building an alternative called incubate debate, which is trying to right these wrongs in a no cost way. Okay. And not to bury the lead here, but you, you hinted toward it in the interview earlier. The National Speech and Debate Association has now been hit with a lawsuit, right? That's correct. Explain. Yeah. 
I have an alternative, as I just mentioned, but I can't stand idly by and watch the National Speech and Debate Association allow this rampant racial discrimination to take place. So I was proud to partner with the Mountain States Legal Foundation. We just filed a federal civil rights complaint against the National Speech and Debate Association. Why? Their judges have encouraged students to attack other students on the basis of race. There's one judge who says, if you're not black, you can't make certain arguments. Another judge who says, if you are black, you get to get the other team's evidence. But if you're not black, you have to hand that evidence over. This is clear-cut racial discrimination. It violates the civil rights of these young men and women, again, as young as 12 or 13 years old. And we had to. We had to look at Title VI, had to look at Title IX without, without a shadow of a doubt. These are clear violations of federal civil rights law. And so we're going to build an alternative, but we're not going to allow our competitor to stand idly by and allow this rampant racial discrimination to take place. Who in the hell are these judges, by the way? Where do they come from? Is there some sort of progressive Petri dish that they are you know, developed in? Because obviously that's where a lot of this is coming from. Yes, it is. And the, that, by the way, that progressive Petri dish, Mark, that's called colleges and universities. Yes, it is. We've learned 80, that, haven't we? Yeah. Yes, we have. And, and so 80% of the judges in my reporting, the ones who said things like, I am a Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, and if you advocate for Israel's existence, you will lose. That judge in particular, 80% of those judges are current either undergrads or grad students. So imagine this. 80% of all of the judges, these problematic judges, went to college, studied critical race theory and gender studies, and now we're going to punish young men and women for speaking their convictions. That is wrong. If we're going to do debate like Incubate Debate does, we're going to bring in service members. We're going to bring in veterans. We're going to bring in law enforcement. We're going to bring in local elected officials from both sides of the aisle. You cannot have a fair, objective debate if 80% of your judges are a bunch of gender studies majors from Oberlin. It doesn't work that way. When did you start exposing this, James? I can't remember when we first had you on the air. Was it as early as last spring? It was. Yeah. I first wrote my article for the Free Press in May of last year. Okay, but so I've been, yeah, I've been building the alternative now for four years. But the question, this, I just wanted to point a reference because when we spoke, maybe it was June. Let's just say when I came across uh, some of the work you've been doing. What's happened since then? Take the uh, the lawsuit that we're talking about, kind of here out of the picture. You, you, I think you referenced this. You've been attacked. Have you made though some progress in a positive direction, exposing some of this as well? In your opinion. Yes, we have made progress with Incubate Debate. We've tripled the number of students. Hundreds, by the way, of schools and teachers reached out wanting to join our program. They were fed up with the echo chamber that is the National Speech and Debate Association. We now have 5,000 active kids. That's a tripling over the last year. But you know what hasn't happened, Mark? The NSDA has not changed their ways. That judge, Lila Lavender, the one who says that she's a Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, Guess what? She's already judged 33 rounds of national high school debate so far this school year. And so exposing that judge and the fact that the NSDA did nothing is in effect and exposing the NSDA for its institutional rot. They find nothing wrong with a judge who says, if you advocate for the police or capitalism, you will automatically lose. And so when the NSDA, when an organization does nothing about that, they are validating the institutional rot that has ruined a great organization that I was once proud to be a part of. You know, I'm not smart enough to be a lawyer. Uh, I'm accused of being a lawyer sometimes. Our friend Brian Kilmeade from Fox thinks I'm a lawyer sometimes. Not nearly smart enough, but boy, I'll tell you what, this lawsuit really does intrigue me, and I don't know. i got to get somebody who is more of an expert on this to handicap it, but boy, there's potential here, isn't there, James? 
There is. And, and I want to be clear. We don't want any financial rest. We don't want anything out of this. All our simple solution, the simple ask for the NSDA is to stop allowing racial discrimination, to stop allowing their judges to tell students that if you are of a certain race, you cannot make certain arguments. If you are of a certain race, you will be subjected to different rules that competitively disadvantage you. That is wrong. That is un-American. And, Mark, we are making clear now that it is illegal. James, thank you so much. Keep on. I mean, by the way, for those listening this afternoon, you want to find out a little bit more about Incubate Debate and what uh, James is all about. It's real easy. It's incubatedebate.org, incubatedebate.org. Please, please keep me posted on this lawsuit. I know these things tend to take a while, but we, we'd love to have you back with updates. James, thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's just outrageous. And how Jeez. how often does that get you know exposed? We're exposing it here. Yeah. So that's what we do. That's but the only place I've heard it. I bet a bunch of people listening out there had no idea that stuff was going on. Sue has just shown me all of the um, some of the replays of the excitement from this morning. We were watching Fox 2 here in the studio, and I guess you know, I was sleeping through some of this. But the morning <laughs> yeah. commute was a little rough, and I guess it justified the schools being off. Um, <laughs> we found Definitely. out. Around 7 o'clock last night that Rockwood was going to close down. And that meant that, you know, now she's got no swim practice tonight. Look, it is tough to fill time when it's this cold with uh, with an 8-year-old. I don't sure. know if I'm going to get a bunch of empathy from you or anyone else. But it's, you know, it's one thing if we could go, you know, take the dogs or go on a bike ride or do whatever. That's why earlier today, Alexa and I were in the house Mom was off doing work, and I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And we came up with a few ideas. I finally took her to a main event in Chesterfield, and we wasted money on a bunch of games. By the way, I'm not good at games, and your money goes <laughs> a lot further if you're good at games That's because you point. get the little um, points, and then oh, you can the buy tickets. stupid stuff. Yeah. But I did my best uh, at the at the arcade. I was never really – were you ever an arcade person when you were a kid? Not really, but I did like Ms. Pac-Man. Now, if I saw that, I'd play some Ms. Pac-Man. I think they may have had that. Oh, oh. They got a bunch of stuff. They got, I would have you know, enjoyed that. They do have, um, they have old school and they have some of the newer stuff. They have some virtual reality. That place has just got to be a cash cow, too. Oh, right? it has to be. It I to be. rather enjoyed, you know what we did have fun doing today? And it mm. was like a, what do you call it, Sonic the Hedgehog-themed um, air hockey. Oh, I haven't played that in forever. Did you ever have one when you were yeah, a kid? Yeah, but you had a cheap one. It but wasn't those great. Were, 
those were fun. Yeah, they were. we used to entertain ourselves endlessly with stupid mm-hmm. air hockey yeah. and stuff like that. These kids these days, Sue, <laughs> I'll tell you, as we sound really, really old. Uh, we thought we had Curtis Hack from from Newsweek coming up, or I'm sorry, from Newsbusters coming up here, and um, it seems like we're not getting a hold of him, but I wanted to go over a couple of different things. One related to the weather. Okay, so here's a question. I meant to check with my uh, Tesla friend John here tonight because I've, I've told the story about going from St. Louis to Kansas City last February for the Springsteen show, and then we came back. We had to stop a couple of times. That that was a night where the temperatures were either in the upper 30s or right around 40, and it still was draining the batteries. My uh, My friend Ben Bradley, Ben used to work for me, 30 years ago in Columbia. He's up at WGN-TV in Chicago. <clears throat> and I saw him blast this out today, and you could probably do a story like this in St. Louis as well. In fact, Sue, when I went to main event in Chesterfield, right outside of main event is a Tesla charging station. And that thing was loaded up this morning. What do you mean? Like tons of people there? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I almost wanted to, if it wasn't so damn cold, I might have done this. But I wanted to pull over and just say, hey, are you guys, like, I was curious, are you traveling from you know, somewhere else through St. Louis. Are you here in the St. Louis area? Your battery's not lasting mm-hmm. long enough because I think that that's a serious issue. The Chicago it story is. that I mentioned was the winter freeze is impacting residents across Chicagoland, but some EV drivers are facing an additional handful of problems as they deal with long lines at charging stations and reduced battery life. So they talked about how there was a, this is right where I grew up, by the way, West Tui Avenue in Skokie, Illinois. I was in Morton Grove, my first uh, residence suburb of Chicago. A station with 20 Tesla superchargers off of West 2 Avenue in Skokie was almost full all day yesterday with drivers waiting nearby for spots to open up, which makes sense because that's basically what I saw this morning. Yeah. Some drivers say they were concerned about becoming stranded if their batteries ran out yeah. while they waited. I mean, they're not even worried about being stranded when they're on the road. They're worried about being stranded because they can't get to the charging station. Right. And when they do, it's full. So what what now I know that the infrastructure is going to improve for these things sure. right but but what happens when and here's somebody in real time saying look I saw my battery was getting low 20 to 25% went to the gas station there was a long line then he went to the charging station um, but that wasn't in service in Rosemont by the time he finds the place the battery's down to 5%, and he admits, look, it's draining faster than normal because it's of so the weather. Cold. He said he had to eventually load his car onto a tow truck to get it to a charger. Oof. Long story short, here I am. We had to tow it out this way. So it's a big issue. Here's another guy, Daryl Johnson, Uber driver, said he waited hours just to get to a charger, only to wait even longer when it charged because, and that's the other thing I learned, that if you pull up to the charging station and it's not full, well, then you're going to get the juice, right? But for these people who pulled up this morning or some of the things I'm talking about in Chicago, they got to share that power, yeah, right? So do. you're not getting all the uh, available energy, so that's going to take longer. Uh-huh. And don't forget, this is the other thing I think people forget. you got to pay for that, too. You do have to pay for it's it. Not people free. do not think about that. And right. Canada, I saw a tweet from a guy in Canada who was having the same issue, and it was 45 below. Yeah. Now, so when you're sitting there, you got to keep the heat on. While you're charging. I mean, it, it almost is self-defeating. Yeah, we're not quite ready for all this, are uh-uh. we? Somebody we're just not prepared. Gavin Newsom. Curtis Hauk is back with us. He's the managing editor of Newsbusters on this Tuesday evening. Curtis, how are you? All right. Uh, enjoying uh, a snow day here uh, in D.C. Us too. So. Yeah, us too. But, but for us, that's really only like three or four inches. That causes everything to shut down and everyone... Uh, 
you know, acts like it's COVID all over again. Oh, we, we, you only need about an inch here, but really it was more the, the cold and icy conditions. Sue has convinced me that it was worth it to have the schools off today, even though I kind of was struggling with my, with my eight-year-old. But it was a little messy this morning. We've been watching some yeah. of the accidents. Hey, I haven't played this yet, and this is perfect for you. I want to talk about some of the stuff that you've really investigated when it comes to Hunter Biden, et cetera. But here's Jake Tapper last night. You know, in the aftermath of Trump winning the Iowa caucuses, I love this. Just wait for the end here. I can't imagine why they— uh, that's Trump. Hold on. That's oh, yeah. No, it is. He pulls out of it. That's right. It starts with Trump and then he pulls out of it. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald Trump declaring thing. victory with a historically a strong showing in the Iowa caucuses. If these numbers hold the biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest, a relatively subdued speech. Wait for it. Things go so far. Here he goes here in a second. Right now. Under, here we go. Under my voice, you hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. His anti-immigrant rhetoric, Curtis. That, that's what he's doing. He's somehow the, the, the former president, along with millions and millions of Americans, are a little concerned that millions of illegals are streaming across the border. But if Jake Tapper is someone at CNN or MSNBC. Here's the president talking about that issue. We're going to just absolutely spike that. We're not going to let people hear it. Right. MSNBC didn't play it at all. And CBS had a story about this yesterday, CBS Mornings, um, a big, long segment, seven and a half minutes, and they spent about two and a half minutes with Ron DeSantis later. And they basically said, you know, what's, what's the difference between Italians coming over to Ellis Island you know, a couple, you know, a century and change ago and illegals from El Salvador. I can't believe that people with a straight face even try. And I see it. And and you're right. They they try to say things. I don't understand why the word illegal is so difficult to understand. And I also don't understand this. This is something that really baffles me when it comes to climate change too. all these progressives that are so worried about people. You know, they're they're They think with their hearts, not their minds. What about thinking about some of the people who could really maybe appreciate the benefits of carbon-based energy when it's this damn cold or when it's hot in the summer as it is in many places around the planet outside of this country. But this this happens with this as well, where I, I don't understand how they can't understand how this is drawing resources from, I don't know, maybe their own kids who are going to school in California, right? Right, right. And it's, it's just such an interesting hypocrisy because you know they're all upset that like no human is illegal and and the point that you see with a lot of these networks is we're all human beings we all bleed the same blood and then you know this is the same like woke dei media that has their panties in a lot about claudine gay being uh run out of town on from harvard so which is it you know it's kind of the same thing with donald trump some days donald trump is like a conniving dictator who's going to like put us all in camps or he is dementia and he needs to be uh removed from office via the 25th amendment so you know it kind of just goes depending on what they which narrative they need to go with it's nonsense now one of the questions on and and this will kind of play into the hunter biden stuff too and i've said this out loud sue knows this um because i sit here and, and i monitor i try to monitor other sources not just fox but when I'm watching Fox, I see Bill Malusian, and I see lines of Chinese nationals. I see men from Africa with no women and children. I see actual reporting that's going on on the border. You know, I, I know that our vice president's done some really good work down there as well. <laughs> but what I've said, Curtis, out loud is, look, I'm seeing that. The 97.1 FM Talk listeners are probably seeing it if they watch Fox. But if you're watching CBS or NBC or uh, right. CNN, are you seeing the images that many of us are horrified by because we're xenophobics? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of 
showing up on the broadcast networks on ABC, CBS, and NBC, which I watch, and you see some of it on on cable as well. But what really they boil it down to is they somehow blame Greg Abbott for all of this. Of it is Greg Abbott's fault that New York City is falling apart. Yeah. Uh, in Denver, you know, there's homelessness in Denver on top of the homelessness problems they were already dealing with. In Chicago, obviously, it's all Greg Abbott's fault. It was just like it was Ron DeSantis' fault that people were shipped to Martha's Vineyard. Even though when you actually interview these people, they're saying, thank you. This is where I wanted to go. They claim that they have uncles or like a third cousin twice removed or something like that that they want to go see. Um, But yet, you know, and then they hoot and holler about, you know, no evidence that these people are dangerous. and, And that's really where it gets completely insensitive, and I mentioned the CBS story from yesterday, they they interviewed a couple in Iowa who lost their son to a fentanyl overdose. And then right after that, there's a soundbite from the anchor saying, oh, well, most drugs are seized at legal ports of entry um, that we know of, dude. Yeah, and, right, right, and exactly. it just shows the media's complete distaste for people who have lost family members to fentanyl saying, oh, well, you know, it's really a problem at border crossings or it's an American you know, problem here in the country. People in America making fentanyl, you know, it's a complete dismissal of what's happening at the border. People that we know of. And yeah, and when you get to these border numbers, folks just have to remember this. These numbers are staggering, but these are the numbers that we know about. And Bill Malugin, you mentioned him, he always makes that point. Yeah, and Bill does some great reporting. All right, so this kind of plays in, and here's something else I don't know, because I watched live the Hunter Biden stunt last week. Now, I will say this, Curtis, and I don't know if you agree with me. One of the questions I had in the aftermath, and I heard Harris Faulkner and some others asking this question as well. I think it would not have been the worst plan for Republicans to say, okay, Let's let's start asking you some questions and call his bluff. I understand there's a process, et cetera, but there's no doubt. One thing that we should all be able to agree on is it was a stunt and there were documentary cameras there. So how did the rest of the media cover that stunt last week? Well, and then this is what was interesting. I looked at last week for Newsbusters that on the major broadcast networks, ABC, CBS and NBC, they just simply reported it on it. They didn't use the word stunt. They did not say it was a stunt. They just said Hunter Biden you know, made a surprise appearance. You know, CBS said that uh, Hunter threw Republicans for a loop um, or ignited chaos. That was as far as they would go. But no you know, condemnatory rhetoric at all for what Hunter Biden did because they saw no problem with any of this at all. Um, And they really painted Republicans as the ones who were being unreasonable towards poor Hunter Biden. And this is where you get into this thing that really makes me mad. It makes my boss, Tim Graham, mad, which is they treat Hunter Biden like a child. Like Hunter Biden is like one of the Obama girls or something like that. They do do that. He's a grown man. Yes. I've never really thought about that, but you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. And KJP does this all the time as well. And in ABC and NBC, they did not mention the fact that under questioning from the White House uh, press corps um, from the front couple rows, which, again, wasn't then shown on their newscast. But they got Karine Jean-Pierre to basically admit that the White House probably kind of knew that Hunter Biden was going to do this. And as Peter Ducey pointed out to her, uh, so that would basically mean Joe is not only helping his son figure out what to say when he's thumbed his nose to Republicans the first time, but now he's helping him skirt congressional subpoenas. Well, Hunter's a, I don't know why you're picking on Hunter, Curtis. Come on. He's just a, he's just a troubled kid. You know, he needs well, some help. Well, it's Mika, and it's, it's Bill worker. said to me, 
is Jill said to Mika last week, think of the grandchildren. What is this This is doing to the grandchildren? Uh, Curtis, uh, again, it's Dr. Jill. What the hell, dude? You're making all kinds of egregious errors here. Hey, Curtis Salk, always great to have you on. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Keep on. Audio cut of the day coming up here. As we uh, ease into this segment with a little uh, Dan Albrock from the Black Keys. I played a new Black Keys song on Friday. we got to mix that yeah. one in again. It was really good from their new album. Uh, tomorrow on the show, you know, I think I alluded to this a little bit earlier this afternoon. We were talking about fiscal issues with um, who, David Ditch, who was with Heritage, that, we, you know, we have a situation where there's lots of predictions on fiscal soundness of this country and Social Security and the entitlements are things that I talk about quite a bit. I know people roll their eyes when they hear entitlement funding. But we do have interest in Social Security because we all would like it to be there. If you're of a certain age, for example, over 50, don't worry, it's going to be there for you. And they're likely to make no changes because anything that gets proposed is usually for people under 50. But the question then becomes, I've got kids who are about to turn 27 and 24. I've got an eight-year-old. Will it be there for them? Well, some people are going to say, ah, yeah, they'll turn the spigot on. But there are some real challenges with the math when it comes to Social Security, and we'll talk about that and what the solutions are tomorrow. Also, kill me for his weekly visit tomorrow afternoon. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. Well, I uh, want to just focus on everybody from last night. Vivek got out. Nikki still thinks she's got a chance. DeSantis is fooling himself. Trump steamrolled everyone. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. We a new direction under new conservative leadership. We deserve a president who will focus on the needs of our people, not on themselves. Because of your support, in spite of all of that that they threw at us, everyone against us, we've got our ticket punched out of Iowa. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a a good a good time together. We're going to put America first. We're going to make America great again. Again, Iowa, we love you. I love that. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki on just for having a good time together and wasting all that money because I smoked you. We'll talk tomorrow at 3. Have a great night. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 